Good morning. Welcome to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. Today is Friday, October 6, 2023. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. We will be more than happy to uh, get your um, topics or questions on the air. I just want to go over a few things that will be coming up here in the next few weeks that are the reports that probably are going to make a difference. I also bring these up just because of the timing factor alone when we are starting to talk about some of these things. The ideal timing factor uh, for a low is actually next week. Some people have the 20th, but if you're looking at it on a daily, it's really about, um, it could either be the 6th or the 20th, but the daily has it on about the 12th or 13th. The reason that I think the 12th or 13th is going to be the ideal timing for that is you have the PPI report that comes out next Wednesday, October 11th. You have the CPI report that comes out on the 12th. You have the crop report that comes out on the 12th. Usually they make that change right after that CPI. That's usually when when it does change. And I would imagine that it's actually going to move positive based on chart position alone of the S&P 500 is how I'm coming up with that. You also have an OPEC report that is coming out October 13th. And then the PCE report is October 27th. So next week is a very big on um, the reporting, at least on those inflation numbers that uh, the Fed is so closely watching along with everyone else. And unless you've been living under a rock, the uh, interest rate changes that have been taking place and as well as the changes that have gone on inside the treasury market and we're going to try to uh, address all of that and then we're going to give you a little bit of extra here because there's just some questions and and maybe we got to change it a little bit because we get a lot of questions here it seems like are people want individual stocks heck i don't care if you want individual stocks send it in i'll be more than happy to to tell you what i think uh and try to go over a little bit more about the quick and easy way i say easy the, the easiest way for people at home to at least make a decision on some of these things if that's what you're trying to do. Um, again, I'll tell you right now, day trading is absolutely, uh, it's pretty tough, if not almost impossible to do. I don't recommend doing any of that. Uh, strategic for three to six months, longer term, that's a little bit easier uh, thing to at least try to get the momentums right. And we'll try to explain some of that as we do go through the, the charts this morning. Starting off with the S&P 500, the S&P 500, talking about SPX, you cannot buy or sell directly into the S&P 500, but there are some critical things that everyone needs to be paying attention to right now on the S&P 500 uh, and things that people are paying attention to. What has happened and transpired is from the high that happened back here on July 27th, it has been a downward movement. Now, in my book, and that doesn't mean that I'm right here, and I've said that every time on this show, it's just what I'm anticipating if someone asks me. You've had a wave down, so that's either one or A. You've had a move up, that's either two or B, and that that is clearly 
clearly defined out here, which happened on September 1st. Then, since then, we have had a impulsive five-wave pattern down. You can't really dispute that. Now, are we getting close to the end of a wave three or C? Well, that's part of the question that remains unknown at this point in time. However, everyone wants to know, well, what do you think is going to happen here? Some certain things have happened. The 150-day moving average, which is a huge moving average, that's one to pay attention to. Bad things happen when things go below the 150-day the moving average. That's 42.78. Real bad things start to happen, and most downside actually happens. And when we're talking downside, talking big downside happens when you get below the 200-day moving average. The 200-day moving average is 42.03. It's rising about uh, three-quarters of a point a day right now is what that – so that it keeps keeps coming up. So that also – puts sort of a floor in there because people pay attention to that. Even even the, the fake uh, chartists pay attention to that. They're called uh, the ones that pay attention to fundamentals. They, they even know what that is. When you take that into account from what happened off of the Wednesday, September 27th low into the Friday, March 29th high, and again, we started higher, and then bam, we went lower. I, I, I even said it on the show. I said, well, we don't know. Probably a chance we close lower here today. But the market was up big when I was talking about that, and it did. It ended up closing lower. So it has come down. Now we have this slight move up that, that happened here uh, on, on Wednesday. The, the timing to look at this, the, the charts are mixed. The when you're talking about momentum, and that's why I don't like talking about it right now on this because the momentum's mixed. It got to oversold, dip below, dip below that, looked like it was going down. Now it's kicked back up because we had we have had the move back up. And then you have the the longer time frame, it's it's upward, so it's mixed. I mean, there's just no way to know which way it's going to do. However, the pattern is the number one thing that I'm paying attention to here. It still never got down to the ideal range that we were looking for which would be somewhere between 42.12 and 41.80. Now, that should be the max, the max range that it should go to. Also, if you go back to the March low all the way up uh, until you had that high that took place in July 27th, what happened there was from there, the 50% retracement is 42.07, which happens to fall inside of those lines there. So you have that. Then you also have the 200-day mo moving average that's in there. Now, is this a make-or-break situation either way? No, it's not from, from my standpoint. Here's what you're going to have. When you do look at the weekly momentums, though, on the S&P 500, they are oversold. So they should be getting close to, to, to coming down. However, what we don't know for sure is where this close is going to go. And if you start getting below 4180, then a close below 4180, I should say. If a close happens below 4180, you have to think that this cannot be an ABC correction. 
It doesn't mean that it is even if it doesn't, but if it, if it does close below that, you would have to really think that that's not the case, and it's for sure at least a one, two, three. What should happen over the next couple of weeks is you would have a correction, and it would come back down to lower lows and go close easily below 41.80. So that's really what I'm looking for at this point in time. But one of the other things, here's another thing that makes me think that I'm on the right track here. And again, we usually look at other markets. But this is something that you really need to understand. And I know we don't talk about this much, but I want to talk about it. The Russell Microcap Index, and it's comprised of 1,524 stocks. And it's, it's making a 52-week low, okay? And, um, and even as the S&P 500 Index is about 18% uh, above its 52-week lows, this microcap is, is making new lows. There, there was never a new bull market in a microcap index, okay, for, for all intents and purposes, with one out of two stocks in the S&P 500 right now trading below where they were in October of 2022. Uh, and so that's, that's why I would say that you can't really think of this as being bullish when you have something that's microcap that has now broken out and has broken to, to new lows, it's sort of a sign of things to come, which is usually that micro cap is the thing that's driving you out. Those smaller companies are, and instead it, it's breaking a trend line. And when you have that taking place, it has now actually gone below the top that it was pre-COVID uh, is where, where you are on that with that Russell microcap. So it's just something, another one of those things to just pay attention to because when things break like that, uh, it, it's giving you a heads up. It's giving you a, a warning that more than likely this is not a new bull market. And even if you thought it was a bull market, it's only off of what would have been those lows in April of, of 2020 and that just means it's going to be ending, even if it is part of, even if it is going to go up, it's the ending. If, if it's not the beginning, it would be the ending if it was, but we haven't even been in a recession yet. And again, no bottom markets uh, before a recession, it's during it. So all of these are still the signs that I'm looking for at this point in time. We do need to go to a short break. When we come back, we'll address some of these other markets. As always, if you do have a question, topic you would like to share on the show, even if you want an individual stock, throw it out there. I'll be more than happy to, to look at it for you. A12-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Financial questions, real. Answer right back after this short break. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic on the show, please do feel free to send it in, 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Getting back to some of these other markets, uh, probably the one that's trying to give you the biggest clue among the equity markets is definitely the Russell 2000. Um 
just like that that micro uh, that I was just talking about, the, it is getting near a weekly low. Uh, you just sort of would hope that it would stay above the 1665 level. Um, again, it has been straight sideways since June of last year. I mean, we're basically at the same level, so it has gone nowhere. Um, and if you really want to take that back, it hasn't gone anywhere since November of 2020. Uh, depends on how far back you want to take that. So all right in there is pretty hard line um, that more than likely at some point is going to break lower. Uh, I will say that the weekly low is near. It is oversold by um, five weeks now. Got to be getting close to a bottom here in this. The daily on the Russell is... Uh, probably has another day or two to the downside, so try to see if it even can hold uh, 17, 18. Get right in there. Uh, see, see if that holds. If that doesn't, then I'll put some more pressure on, on the Russell to the downside. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, as so we look at it, the weekly is oversold. The daily... Daily's mixed. I, I, I don't know how you really try to call that there. It more than likely should be going up, but it is mixed at this point in time. Uh, taking a look at the NASDAQ, again, we're just looking at the NASDAQ, not the NASDAQ 100. But as we do look at that, the, the daily on it is actually uh, overbought, and the weekly is oversold. So we, we shall see if this continues to... Um, to the upward bound that it it acts like it's trying to it's it's hovering around that 150 day moving average is where it currently is uh right in there again if it's up for you know this coming down there uh can put a lot of pressure on it very quickly and it's just the way that the pattern uh, is set up. If the pattern plays out, then it will be downward, not upward, um, even though I just gave you the momentum saying that it should be up. Probably the most, well, this is the this chart right here is the most interesting chart. I've talked about it for months on the show. Sometimes I sort of let it slide. It's definitely the thing that everyone is talking about and everyone is paying attention to, and there's a very good reason for that. And that would be the U.S. Treasuries and what is actually happening with Treasuries at this point in time. And the way that it continues to work out is everyone wants, again, to try to make it like it's something more than it is. And it's really not. When you are looking here at U.S. Treasuries and you're looking at the yields, you, you just have to pay attention to that yield curve. Normally... Normally what happens is the front end moves a lot faster than the back end. And when we say the back end, we're talking the 10-year, 20-year, 30-year. Uh, and you start to get into bonds. Those kind of things usually don't move. However, they have moved drastically here lately. Uh, especially people talk all the time about the 10-year. The reason they talk about the 10-year so much is usually that is what is going to price mortgages. Mortgages... 7.7%. I'm sure for a lot of people, that means they're 8%, uh, depending on your credit scores. That, that, 
that's a hefty sum that people are not used to. I mean, if you're under 45, you probably have never seen interest rates like this. Okay, that that's the last time that they were that they were this high. So it, it is having an effect because th this is the part that I keep trying to tell people I'm paying attention to. The yield curve is flattening. Now, usually what happens in a flattening yield curve? That longer term does not move very often, okay? It just, it usually doesn't. It's the front end of the curve that moves up real quick and can move down real quick because guess what? If it's a three, if you buy a, a, a three-month T-bill, okay, you have the bills, which are two years, two to 10, you have your notes, and above 10, you got your bonds. But when you're talking about this, and you're trying to buy T-bills, well, guess what happens after three months if you bought one? Yeah, it. that's it. So now you got to go out and buy another one. That's why they happen real quick, and that's why they get repriced real quick, because it's over, it's done with. If you buy a 30-year bond, you're probably not going to be having that for 30 years. You could, depends on the duration and everything else. I mean, it is a treasury, so they're not going to get recalled. Uh, but that's why they usually don't move. However... The fact that the long end has been moving up and the short end has not here, that's a little different ball game. To me, it's almost more dangerous because what it's telling me is if the long end is moving that much, someone is dumping a whole bunch of bonds, okay? Because the only way the yield goes up is if the price of the bond goes down. Well, the only way that it's going to go down is if you have a whole bunch of people selling the bonds. Well, who owns the largest amount of U.S. treasuries? No, it's not China. It's the U.S. But who owns the second most? That is China. More than likely, China's dumping these things is what is going on here. It's the only way you can bring down that end of the curve that quickly uh, or raise it up by bringing the price down. Because if you go out there and you're selling a massive amount and no one wants to buy them, that's what drives the yield up. However, if you do look at a chart and, and you're looking at this based on price and you are looking at the 30-year on a daily, you know, it's hit a new low. It more than likely has made a low. That probably at that the 4.85 that did happen, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I can't even remember now. I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday, it got to 4.85 on the 10-year. And then the yield started to come back down, which means the price is going up. This chart is pretty doggone tough to tell exactly what is happening from an Elliott Wave standpoint, which is usually what I'm talking to you about. The reason for that is it is well below the 150-day and well below the 200-day moving average, and it all started taking off in mid-July when it did start going lower. However, we've said that. The issue is, is that the end of it here? And are we going to, to, to start rallying the other way? Or is that just the end of a wave three and we're going to have a wave four and then we're going to have one more big downward correction? The pattern is sort of choppy. The sell-off here in the last two weeks has been hard and heavy, way more than I thought it would be, which is why I'm questioning um, partly on, on whether that's done or not. Um, could you still see the 5% the on the 10-year? Absolutely, you could if this thing rallies up, doesn't rally much, and then rolls over here. And again, that would take another three, three to five weeks to get to the oversold zone. But it's going to matter depending on how much it gets up in there, uh, exactly where we do go on that. So that's just something to consider here on that. Pay close attention to it. 
Now, that's why the normal situation would be, yeah, anytime that you're getting the flattening of the yield curve, that's usually the first sign, it's the first steps of usually the beginning of a recession. However, it's a little different because it's on the long end here. So, yeah, you could say it's different this time. It is. It always is. But it still has uh, some ramifications that you should be paying attention to. Um, gold. Gold has been on a tear to the downside. We talked about 1850, you know, was Arctaria. We talked about that for a while. And then, boom, it just loses a whole bunch, continues to go down. Uh, it is majorly oversold at this point in time. It is oversold by uh, five days. Should be getting a rally here soon on that. Is that the bottom? Mm, don't know about that because on the weekly, we barely, I, I would say that you're going to have, it's going to go up for three to five days, and then it's going to be back down for another three or five. Then you would be close to getting your low in gold more than likely, um, which should rally tremendously would be the most logical thing that should happen there. But you're probably two weeks away from that happening. The silver is a little concerning because the silver has dropped dropped off. I kept talking about that 2176 to 2071. I've talked about it here for months and bam, we finally hit to the penny on the bottom side at 2071 on silver. The question is, it's not, it should be down for another two weeks. So does it continue to go south and does it actually catch? Because if it doesn't catch, then it has a higher probability of trying to go back down to that low that it had uh, when it got down to uh, 1777. Uh, which was all the way back on September 2nd of 2022. So that's what you got to be watching for in the precious metals at this point in time is there is downward pressure on it. It has moved below its moving averages to, to the downside. We do need to go to a short break. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email. Can't info wait till after lunch for your local Financial news, sports, real and obituaries. Right the you don't break. have to. WAOV 97.7 FM and 1450 AM broadcast local news 24 hours a day. And your subscription cost? Absolutely zero. Local news, sports, weather, and obituaries on air, on time, and online at newsnotcounty.com and News Talk 1450 and 97.7 WAOV. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic you'd like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. Just send in those uh, stocks, preferably just send in the symbol. That makes it easier on my life. Uh, if you would, if you do want to, if you want me to look at a stock, sure, send it in. We'll, we'll give it back to you. Um, send it in through Facebook or Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, as always, you can email info at lindsaywealth.com. Uh, Lindsay's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Getting back here real quick, let's talk a little bit about the dollar index and what is happening here. Uh, More than likely, we, the dollar, mm, man, the weekly is overbought now by five weeks, probably going to be six here after after today. Uh, looking at that, uh, should be coming down the, the dollar on a daily basis. It, it's actually mixed right now. Looking at the Euro dollar, it's oversold. It's mixed on a daily, just like the dollar, the weekly here. Sorry. I got to get out a calculator and add all this up. Oh, we're only eight weeks oversold in the Euro dollar. 
basically it's going to flip here. The dollar is going to go down. The euro is going to go up. That's that's all there is to it. Um, it's been saying that for weeks. Um, you know, hey, and it, it has continued. But I, I would I would look for the look for a pretty decent bounce. It's going to depend on where it goes from there, because both these patterns are actually impulsive to the upward and to the downward movement. However. Maybe that dollar is just going to end right there because it is starting to be in a downward movement. Again, that wave two, I've, I've always said it's about 109 is where I have that price target. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if I see three to five weeks down and then, then another three to five weeks up to close this out. Uh, could do something more than that, but that's what I'm expecting. Bitcoin. All right. Had a big, big rally there on Monday. I said, told you last week, probably go to 29. Holy cow, I did it basically in one day. Comes back down. Hasn't done much. Rolling over on a daily. The weekly maybe has a, maybe has a, well, I'd say two to two days max. Weekend, the weekend always screws it up because it trades all the time. Uh, but I would, I would expect that after that, we will go well below the number here for you well below twenty-five thousand. let's just call it that make my life easier it that should have been a correction impulsive wave down well below wouldn't be surprised if it gets down to twenty thousand here in the next few months uh the one that everyone has been paying attention to as well oil we talked about that we had been mentioning here on a weekly basis how that thing had been oversold for 12 weeks. It's just unusual. It doesn't happen like that. Then boom, 5% down on Wednesday, like 5.4% down. Uh, should continue down for another two to three weeks. The ideal target is 78.69 to 75.13. Is That's more than likely where the target is going to be on oil. Uh, the pump sort of been staying pretty steady here in Vincennes, Indiana, at uh, 355 for uh, unleaded. So that's that's what uh, would be paying attention to. I would also say that the uh, 150-day moving average is at 79 dollars, and the 200-day moving average is at 69 dollars. So there's a lot of good stuff right there to make it bounce, um, and and probably will happen. And, and don't forget, watch that watch that meeting that's going to be coming up because uh, next week that that or maybe it's two weeks from now that could, that's going to have an impact on it. Uh, looking at soybeans, oh, they should be on a weekly basis. It still remains oversold. It's not really moving up out of here. I mean, it's about it's as oversold as it can get. It's almost got to bounce, uh, even though it is six weeks oversold. Don't don't see how it doesn't. The daily is is near. The daily low has got to be near as well. I mean, you're you're all the way, this continuous contract. I mean, you're down there at twelve seventy three now. Uh, continues to to drift lower. Uh, look look for that to to come up here very soon. Uh, I know we're, I know we're in harvest season, but still it, it should come up. Corn on the continuous contract. Uh, wow, that is completely mixed on a daily basis. I have. There's no way I can say one way or the other what's going to happen there. The the weekly is actually getting near high, so it needs to – it maybe could come up. I don't know if it's going to get to $5 before this thing starts to roll over on a weekly basis. Then it's going to be down another 3 to 5 which actually sort of makes sense with with coming into the 
to harvesting. Uh, so that's something to, uh, to keep in mind. If we do look at the December contract on corn, uh, the December contract is actually moving higher and, and should be up for, uh, I would say, another three to four weeks is where that should be. The daily on that is it's mixed. There's, there's no way to say one way or the other. Uh, natural gas. Natural gas has had a pop-up here, probably getting close to the end of end of a wave four. It's going right back up to where it was in March. Uh, in March, the high was 302. It's right there. Uh, high is 305, so slightly cleared it. Hasn't cleared it on a closing basis yet. Uh, but I would say it's getting getting near there. Then what should happen is it's probably going to go lower than $2 would be the, the best guess to happen there. Uh, as we are talking about these charts, you know, it's it's one of those things when it moves well below its 150-day moving average and systematically quickly, then, you know, it's probably going to move back up there. It just depends on, on what's going on. Everyone wants to pay attention. All these analysts want to put some price target out here. Remember, they adjust their target based on what the price is. So if the price is going down, guess what they do? They move their target down. If the price is going up, guess what they do? They move the target up. It doesn't matter what the P-E ratio is, the EBITDA, the, the PEG ratio, any of this other stuff. It's all voodoo. It's all made up. You can look at a chart in five seconds and do just as well as them. I can almost put money on that if you know what you're doing at all. As always, if you do have a question topic you would like to hear on our show, if you want to hear a specific stock, go ahead. Throw it out there. Either send it in through uh, Twitter, Facebook, email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Those would be the most efficient ways to do that. Just make sure you give the symbol. Uh, it's usually going to be three or four letters, depending on exactly what that is. Uh, this is Darwin Lindsay for Financial Questions, Real Answers. We'll see you next week.